Welcome to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are two witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and life in the Deep South. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Selena. And I'm Luna. And uh, it's been kind of a feisty day. So it's been a weird freaking it's been a weird day. day. It's been a weird day. But let me tell the date first and then we'll talk. Okay. Stuff. Okay, Roll. so t- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it is March 16th, 2020. I guess that means tomorrow's St. Patty's Day, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Cool. Wear um, green or I'm going to paint you. Mm. <laughs> I don't own anything that's green. Sad story. <laughs> um, our sun is still in Pisces, and we have a waning moon in Sagittarius. Yay, I love Sagittarius. It's my favorite. We know. Oh, well. <laughs> um, and today we're going to be discussing the 13 goals of the witch again, part of our series. So we're on goal number four, which is apply knowledge with wisdom. Did that sound wise? I thought it because I made my voice go lower like this. <laughs> Does I that feel, make you sound wise when you may, talk like this? It makes me feel wiser. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but anyway, how was your day? My day was fascinating. Well, mostly boring and then slightly interesting at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's been kind of a high drama time right now. Mm. And I don't know why. Well, I mean... Everybody wants to blame Mercury retrograde, but at the end of the day, you have to take uh, responsibility for your own crap. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely think that I see some influences of it with um, miscommunications and misunderstandings, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've seen a lot of that going on. Um, It hasn't really happened a whole lot to, in, in my personal life, like I haven't had a lot of misunderstandings with people, but I've seen it happening sort of around me mm-hmm. abundantly with reckless abandon, <laughs> y'all. So I encourage everyone to just calm down. Yeah. Breathe. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. We're all just trying to do our best. And then it goes back to the fact, like what you were saying a minute ago, you have to take responsibility for your own crap. Got to take responsibility for that stuff. And not blame it on other people who have absolutely nothing to do with it. There is that. And that's all I'm going to say. All right. Okay. And we're going to move forward. All right, let's roll. So we're talking about (laughs) apply knowledge with wisdom. And I think some of this kind of applies. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in uh, later. I have bullet points. I have bullets. Okay. Um, So the first thing that I would really like to clarify is that knowledge does not equal wisdom. Those are not the same Mm-mm. thing. And I think we briefly touched upon this in other, you know, like I said, there's a lot of overlap with these, of course, because everything's kind of a spectrum. Right. Um, but just because you have an abundance of information doesn't mean you have the wisdom to use it well, to mm-hmm. use it wisely, to use it healthfully. Is that a word? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, or apply it properly. Apply it, yeah, with... Um, you know, with the right frame of mind. Right. So you can have all the knowledge in the entire world, mm-hmm. um, but if you don't have the wisdom to go with it, then um, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in some sticky situations. Yep. You know, and um, and it's not so easy to come by. Um, and I, I think I think this kind of goes back into our previous um, goals. I think those things 
start to get you to where you find, you start finding the wisdom, you know, when you're um, doing the introspection, when you're listening, when you're actively communicating um, with others, with spirit, with um, with your practice, honestly, with yourself, mm-hmm. then um, then you're having those moments of wisdom, you know, when you're not just spouting your own knowledge, you know, your own understanding. I used finger quotes. They can't see it. Finger (laughs) quotes, knowledge. Um, Because because what you know and what someone else knows could be contradictory, but that doesn't mean either one of them is not true. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So truth is so subjective. Mm -hmm. And when we get into a space where we feel like what we know is the truth then we start getting into um, difficulty mm-hmm. because we cannot recognize truth coming from others, you know, and coming from other places. We can't find truth there. We can't even acknowledge that that's true for them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay if their truth is different from ours. They have right. a whole different purpose. Like, why would you expect anyone's truth to be the same as yours? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so so separating that... Um, Especially if you are, and I'm going to apply this to witchcraft because that's what this show's about. Um, If you're coming into the craft and you're new, um, it can be really difficult to discern, you know, where to go, who to talk to, those sorts of things, you know, who's um, being forthright with you and who's being deceptive. And and it is something that goes through the minds of new practitioners, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it should, you know. Oh, absolutely. It, It should. Um, but finding someone who's knowledgeable and knows a lot of information and facts, you know, look at how they're using it. Mm -hmm. Are they having a generally peaceful life? Are they constantly, you know, in upheaval? Are they constantly like going through their own emotional roller coaster? Like, are they lashing out at people around them? You know, um, because they may have all this knowledge, but it doesn't sound... That they that they might have the wisdom to sit back and think and um, reflect, mm-hmm. yeah, and discern whether the, rather than um, react, right? You know what I mean. So that's um, that's a tough one. A tough one. Did I say tuft? Like you a did. little like a little pillow. Yeah. Um, it's that's not what I meant. <laughs> that was neither knowledgeable or wise. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, so, and part of that goes to, goes back to, you know, you've got to be really smart about how you use it. So let's look at it from like a personal perspective. So you have a lot of knowledge, you've learned, you've studied, you've practiced. Um, part of gaining the wisdom of the techniques and the teachings, you know, that you gain that you learn mm-hmm. is from sort of doing the work, sitting with it, meditating with it, um, integrating the lessons, you know, reading, reading the facts in a book is, is one thing and, and it's a good thing to know and, and read and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to take those techniques and apply them. Right. You have to use them in a daily practice, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where you find the seeds of wisdom because often the mystery behind it. Um, is not at all what you think it might be mm-hmm. on the surface. Right. And often, usually, quite often, the more you continue to do that, the more 
mysteries are revealed. Mm -hmm. Even if it seems like a really simple practice or if it seems like this is so easy. Ooh, I snapped. Did you hear that? It was on the thing. (laughs) Um, You know, it might seem like a really easy technique and you might look at it and think, I completely get the point of this 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's the experience you have because that's the expectation that you have. Mm -hmm. But you come back to it in a year and do it again and you're going to discover a totally different mystery. Right. You know, And, and that's... That's a big part of it mm-hmm. is is seeking out those mysteries. That's where the wisdom is. You know, it's not going to be something that someone tells you. Right. It's not going to be it's going to be something you experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and um teachers and and they can give you the tools to do that reflection to get you to where you've opened the way for that mystery to come through whatever it may be for you because mm-hmm. it might be different for them. Right. Um but they can't they can't tell you what that is. And that's infuriating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but that's part of the work. Right. Is because your, your soul progression, your, um, your divinity, you know, mm-hmm. your consciousness has a totally different journey than mine. Absolutely. You know, and, and that doesn't diminish it and it doesn't diminish mine. We have mm-hmm. different, different functions in the universe. Um, but, but you have to do that work. You have to seek your own mysteries. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, and 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 sometimes you'll find the same ones. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It happens a lot. Usually, those are the ones that are passed on through traditions. Right. You know, it's when people have similar experiences. But there's going to be nuances there that are unique and individual. Um, you know, just like we're unique and individual, mm-hmm. and those are important. And if you dig in and follow those threads, and follow the threads of where things sort of differ. You know, you can really uncover some some deeper mysteries and deeper wisdom um, to bring forth into your practice, you know. And so now that you've brought that forth into your practice, how do you apply that? How do you use that um, and express it? So, so when you're a witch and you've worked on um, gaining your power and gaining your, your knowledge, gaining your wisdom, you've done your work, um, how do you apply that? Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to really being smart about how you use your skills. You mm-hmm. know, I- I've said it a hundred times, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Right. You know, um, I there are a lot of things that I know how to do and could do and can imagine doing. Um, but I don't because, cause they cross a, an ethical or moral boundary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it, it comes in it comes in big ways like that. Like for example, you know, I'm not going to do um, <clears throat> a spell to to kill someone or you know anything yeah. like that. Like that's that's beyond you know. I, I'm not going to use my knowledge for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it comes out in little ways too. Um, and some of those you may not see, and some of those might be more difficult, and they can be as simple as assuming that you know more than other people. Um, and not listening mm-hmm. because of your own assumptions, right. not listening to their wisdom. Um, it can come in the form of using your intellect as a weapon, you know, yeah. and I'm not going to lie to you. That's my, that's one of my hangups. Um, and I didn't realize I did that until probably a few years ago because I love to banter. I don't know if you know that. And no. I like, <laughs> I like the... I love the back and forth and the play and yeah. like get into a battle of wits with me and it just excites me because it's fun and mm-hmm. it's playful and it, I don't know, it feels like our brains are sort of dancing together. <laughs> um, 
So I enjoy that, but not everyone does. Right. And I didn't realize that for a long time because I was young and naive and I wasn't applying my knowledge with wisdom. Um, But, you know, I realized that some people are hurt by that or they take it as um, you're trying to overpower me with your smarts or make me feel dumb. And it's like, that's not at all what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, from my perspective, it feels like a challenge, like rise to this challenge, Mm -hmm. brain dance with me, come on. Um, (laughs) But it doesn't always feel that way to them. And I was, you know, an idiot and didn't realize that for a long time. And so I kind of have to really, I really carefully, gently feel around people now, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm just speaking. Even if, you know, I don't want to be that well actually guy. Nobody wants to be that. Well, some people want to be that guy. I don't (laughs) want to be that guy. You know, you don't want to fly in with with your facts and your information and you're spouting it and nobody's listening because of the way you're presenting it. Right. You know, and I think we've all probably done that, you know, Mm -hmm. if we're honest. Um, So that's that's not applying your knowledge with wisdom Mm -mm. because nobody's going to listen and you're not actually going to make a connection. Right. And you're not going to change anybody's mind. And, you know, it's pointless. It's chatter at that point. Um, and this happens a whole lot. You'll see this all over the place for the next year for sure um, of, of people throwing around information and not communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think we touched on that a little bit last, last episode as well. Um, so you've really got to use... You've got to use good judgment and you've got to, you've got to temper your knowledge and mm-hmm. temper your, um, we, we, I don't know if it's a societal thing. Um, we're so inclined to try to show how smart we are and what we know, mm-hmm. you know, and we forget to show how much love we have and how much compassion we can show, you right. know? And so I think, um, I think temperance comes into that. And making sure that you're you're tempering your information, however true it may be, with um, with some love, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm a Sagittarius, so we're very very prone to putting our feet right into our mouths, like both of them. They fit in there perfectly, mm-hmm. um, and I, for a lot of years, especially in my twenties felt that if it was true, then what's the problem? It's true, you right. know? And then, again, that that was my not having an understanding of truth being subjective. Mm-hmm. And it was my not having an understanding that not everyone can, can process even objective reality, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. in the same way. And if I actually want to help somebody... You know, sometimes you have to hold people to the fire and sometimes you have to point out their truth. And the way you do that mm-hmm. is 100%, um, you know, going to determine the effectiveness of it. Right. You know, and um, and it took me a little while to get that message because, and I would hurt people's feelings and I didn't mean to, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, what? It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And what kind of a shitty thing is that to say? God, aren't you all glad you didn't know me then? Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you have to hold someone to a hard truth, um, <laughs> you, you always want to do it with their permission right. too because it's not your job 
it's not your fucking job to fix everyone. No. You know, and there may be people that it is your job. You mm-hmm. know, if, if, uh, if, for example, if my spouse was having uh, an issue with addiction and it was affecting our family, you bet your ass I'm going to hold him to the fire on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm going to do it in such a way where he's going to hear what I have to say. Right. You know, and if I just come in guns blazing, true or not, justified or not, Mm -hmm. it's not going to have the effect I want. Mm -hmm. And isn't that really the goal? Absolutely. So so those are situations where just because you have the knowledge, just because you may be in the right, just because you may be justified, Mm -hmm. you know, what effect are you hoping to have? Right. And what is the best way to get there? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so I think those are considerations always when when attaining this goal of apply knowledge with wisdom, you know. And tact does not come easy for uh, the Sagittarians. <laughs> um, I think all the fire signs probably struggle with this, if I'm honest. Um, Some of us water signs do too. <laughs> bless, oh, the Cancer. I think Pisces are really good at it. Mm-hmm. So find a Pisces. They <laughs> Someone will, who's cool. But they won't tell you what you did wrong. Really? <laughs> they might. Okay. If you find the right Pisces. I know a few really excellent ones that will real quick be like, you know, you were kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were right, but you were an asshole. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need to go and apologize. And right. those are my favorite people <laughs> because, <laughs> because I need that. I do you too. know, I need that reflection. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to be open to hearing that. Yeah. You know, have people in your lives that will give it to you straight and hold that dearly. You know, mm-hmm. if you have someone that will speak truth to you, even when it's hard, um, hold on to those people. Right. You know, um, it's so important too to try and have all the information, you know, or as much information as you can get and what information you do have um, to really make the best decisions that are available. Okay, and this is tricky because it is um, it's nuanced. So often, <clears throat> when making any sort of decision, you're not going to have all the information. Mm-mm. You know, particularly if it's dealing with people, um, you know, or issues of conflict. You know, you're not going to have all the information available. You just won't, even if you've heard from all sides. Mm-hmm. You know that. The objective truth is some mixture of all of that. Right. You know? So um, that can be really difficult. And and you can um, really carry a lot of guilt and anxiety and fear and worry about making the right decision. And I'm going to make finger quotes for the radio, the right decision. What is that? What is the right decision? Jesus. Who knows? You know? All you can do is look at the information you have and try to discern the best course of action to take at that time. And Mm -hmm. then you have to let it go, you know? Um, Sometimes that's the hard part of letting it go. Letting it go. It's the hard part, especially if you do not have the intended consequence. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's good to reflect and say, okay, what could I have done different? Mm -hmm. You know, would there, maybe this is a lesson for me to carry into the next time but then you have to let it go because yeah. you can't go back and change it. You can take that information and say, now I have new information. What is the next action I can take to help repair this situation, you know, where I did not 
you know, didn't make the wisest decision. But, but at the time you did with the information you had, hopefully you're doing some reflection mm-hmm. and not reacting. And you're just that, better next tricky. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and hopefully you will handle it more skillfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're doing that reflection and you're not just reacting, you're sitting and stopping and taking time to think mm-hmm. and really consider and consider what part of it is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. What part, if any, are you projecting on the situation, you know, and, and where else can you seek information or clarity? Are you, are you talking to your guides? Are you using your witchcraft to help you? Um, you know, if you're stuck or confused, um, what is your, what are your instincts telling you? You know, if you're doing all of that and you make a decision that you feel is the best possible decision, then that's the best possible decision at that time, period. You know, if you know, if you, if you learn more information later, you can't go back and give that to yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can't really regret the decision that you made, you know? Now, if you fly off the handle and you're reactionary, that's and, me. And well, I mean, you're you're, you're a like, ginger, so shit, I could have done that better. But um, or maybe the, if I had just yeah. thought and reflected for a moment. But no, can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know about other cancers out there, but with me, if if I am coming to the def, I don't want to say defense. If I'm coming, and I don't want to say rescue either, but if I feel passionate about something, I'm going to say what's on my mind at that time, and then I'll step back and bite my tongue, because mm-hmm. and I'll go, oh shit, what did I just stir up? Because <laughs> yeah, that's usually where I'm at, and yeah. then I'll I'll usually I'll find out stuff after the fact, and I'll go, shit, I sit and said that I didn't have all the information at the time, but then I mm-hmm. had the information. I'll go back and apologize, and I have I've gone back even as far as two years. And sent a text message or made a phone call. I am sincerely sorry that I said that or I did that because I did not have all the information at the time and I was a complete ass. And (laughs) please forgive me. So far, people have forgiven me. So I'm pretty good on that. And I'm sincere about it. I really am because I wouldn't apologize if I wasn't. Right. Um, But yeah, if it's a if it's something that I feel passionate about, you just. Yeah, forgive me and ahead of time I'm gonna say I'm sorry anyway. <laughs> cancers usually do. Yeah. Um but yeah, we, we want to take care of everyone. We want to def- to make sure everybody's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's like standing in the middle with your hands between two enemies going, Y'all just stop the shit right now. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a cancer. But yeah, but I see what you're saying. And it's it's definitely more difficult when it's someone you care about. Absolutely. That is being harmed. You know, or you perceive there's harm being done. And usually in those situations, you're only getting one side of the story, too. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I don't know. It's it's difficult. And it's something that, that took me a long time to be able to. Because I'm, you know, girl, I'm, I'm passionate myself. Mm-hmm. I'm real fiery sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what that voice was. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, Catherine Hepburn. I used to could fly off the handle pretty easily in my in my younger days. Yeah. But um, me too. It almost never. It almost never had the effect that I wanted. Almost Mm-mm. never. No. Actually, probably got in trouble. probably definitely never. So <laughs> finding that, taking that moment, deliberately taking that moment when you feel your 
when you feel your heat rising, you know, you feel your temper, mm-hmm. it's time to stop because yeah. you're having an emotional reaction. You're not thinking Mm-mm. clearly, you know, and, and maybe you're justified in that anger. Oh, and yeah. I'm not saying you aren't, mm-hmm. but take a minute and think first. Yep. You might still be angry after that thought, oh, you know? M- more than likely. Yeah. So, but, but <laughs> take that. Takes a little that. while for adrenaline to wear off. Yeah. But, yeah. Take, but take, take that moment to reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've all done it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's important. It's mm-hmm. important. Um, and, you know, here's another thing that's really important. When you're dealing with people or yourself, um, uh, wisdom comes with a certain amount of knowing that it doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems to me that people who are the most wise in my life or that I've found to have the greatest um, moments of wisdom mm-hmm. and imparting messages to me that were meaningful and stuck with me um, were not the ones who were the loudest in the room. They mm-hmm. were not the ones who were, you know, preaching from the pulpit. Yeah. They were the quiet ones. They were they were the ones who were listening, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and those are the ones that will f- straight up tell you, look, I don't know everything. I know I don't know everything. I don't know mm-hmm. anywhere close to everything. Because the more you know... The the more you realize you don't know anything, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's important. You you find people, I'm gonna say particularly in paganism, but it's absolutely everywhere. Yeah. That um, oh my gosh, especially with all the rules and this has to be done this way and only this way, mm-hmm. and or you're not doing it right, or you're not a real witch, and all that crazy shit. Um, just throw all that crap out the window because anybody that's in a fixed mindset like that, mm-hmm. just totally fixed. This is the only way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're not going to have a lot of wisdom to impart because they can't even recognize that their way might not work for someone else. Right. You know? Um, so that's that's important. Oh, here's one of my... This is my favorite bullet point. Uh, social fucking media. I know you hate social media. I don't love it. It's <laughs> not my favorite. Um, but people not applying their knowledge with wisdom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we have this um, sort of degree of, of disconnect mm-hmm. from the other people in the room. Like, we're not going to face physical consequences or, you know, what we consider real consequences right. from the way we behave. And I consider public spaces, you know, um, I consider online spaces public spaces yeah. because there's other people in there. And, you know, we it's so easy to forget that there's other people on the end mm-hmm. of that, you know chat or that comment thread or whatever. Those are fucking humans. And maybe they've forgotten that you're a human. You know, maybe they're saying things that are completely horrible, Mm -hmm. you know? And they don't feel that there's any consequence to that because they don't have to look you in the face. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they don't... So there's a a disconnect that, that human mechanism of compassion. Like, would you walk up and say that to someone in their face? Mm -hmm. Like... Maybe you would. And in that case, I need to ask you some further questions. But, you know, it's it's so easy to write people off from Mm. one, you know, tweet or, you know, comment. It's so easy to, you know, get really fired up about 
any anything that's said, mm-hmm. you know, without trying to really make a connection. Right. We all do this. That motherfucking guy that jumps on your wall out of the clear blue mm-hmm. with information about how you should be dealing with your life. I'm sorry, guy. Go away. Yeah. You know. But at the same time, like, why do people feel like they can do that? That's like somebody walking into your house, coming into your kitchen and being like, you know, my mama didn't cook it that way. Girl, uh-huh. you're going to get hit with a spoon. <laughs> or a pan. Mm-hmm. Don't do that to Mm-mm. Luna. She's going to knock you out. But but seriously, like, yeah. you wouldn't come into someone's space and... And act like that. Yeah. And and I don't know, when you're coming into somebody's Facebook wall, you're coming into their home. Yeah. You know, you're coming into their space. Yeah, you just need you need basic common courtesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just block people. Like don't add fuel to Oh yeah. You know, this this is a big way to apply your knowledge with wisdom. Just because you know that jerk is wrong, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to call him a jerk. That might not be your job. Mm-mm. You know, thanks. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I'm the worst slash best slash worst <laughs> about just telling people thanks and offering them a sandwich. It infuriates <laughs> them. There was a whole thread one time where I just kept offering different kinds of sandwiches. And he was just really confused. And I was like, it, I don't know. I found it hilarious. That's one of those times I probably should have just not engaged. But I was, whatever they were saying that they were so mad about on my own wall. Um I just kept offering them sandwiches. They didn't they didn't want any of them. Bummer. I know, right? <laughs> Guys, I make a mean sandwich, just so you know. Coming to your um, house for lunch. Come on, girl. Um, I got some smoked chicken. My Ooh. hubby like smokes a chicken for me every weekend because oh, he nice. loves me. And then I can put it in my salads, make little sandwiches, little chicken wraps. Oh my God. That's a different episode. <laughs> anyway, um, you can tell I haven't had dinner. We have not eaten yet. This is what we sacrifice for this show, I listeners. Know. We love you. Send food. Um, yeah, but I mean, just people, just people, man. Yeah. Oh, they just really work hard to get your get your dander up, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't have to respond to it. No, you can just be like, "Thanks," mm-hmm. and then they don't know what the hell to say. Right. They're like, "You're being so dismissive." Thank you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you like? it. Would you like to say? <laughs> so I don't know. I just I'm using people, that. And, and and it's so easy to get riled up online about stuff. So try to it is try not to do that, kids. That'll just throw you right off. <laughs> That'll just throw your whole day off. Yeah, you know. And Oof. you have to ask yourself, how important is it really? How important is it to your life? You know, if you wouldn't call your mother-in-law yeah. to talk politics, maybe just mute her when yeah. she starts up. Yeah, you know, if you avoid that conversation in mm-hmm. real life, maybe just just mute that person just when it, when they get a into side the step there. I've got so many people on mute. <laughs> My wall should be a place that brings me joy. And well, I'm exactly. not I'm not going to close myself into a bubble, but I'm also not going to get my information about the world from Facebook, okay? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I I promise I know what's going on in the wide world, but woof. <laughs> woof. But my Facebook thread is really happy like i enjoy being there mm-hmm. like to see what my friends are doing like to see what their kids are doing yeah like to see what art is happening that makes me happy i don't like to hear people squabble Mm-mm. nope so there's that oh okay and this is the final point i want to make on this particular topic and then okay. we're going to talk about something else um so 
this is a big thing. And I think it, it, it applies in so many areas of only using the force that is necessary. And I don't know if we talked about this when Christopher was on. I don't, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Okay. Um, but using the force that is needed, using mm-hmm. what's necessary. And this applies in your magical workings big time. Yeah. Okay. So you, um, you, <laughs> somebody angers you, right? You gonna get that bitch. Okay. You gonna get him. <laughs> um, really, you're gonna cobble together this massive spell to like, you know, throw all of your energy towards causing them problems in life when really, Maybe you should consider having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you should consider just shutting that person out of your life and placing a boundary mm-hmm. rather than, you know, trying to fuck them up. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, and that's such a, it's it's such a mindset now that it, where it wasn't, you know, maybe 20 years ago. Right. Um, whew, there's a lot of folks that are just like, mm-mm, you've pissed me off. You mess with the wrong witch. You know, and it's like, okay. Mess with the wrong witch, she's gonna fuck me up. Would you All like right. a sandwich? Yeah, would you like a sandwich? <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it's just, it's so reactionary. And like, if you wouldn't get into a physical fight with that person, if you wouldn't say to their face, okay, now I'm going to physically harm you, mm-hmm. why would you magically harm them? Right. You know, why would you use your life force or, you know, your skills as a witch to gather energy and use it to? Shut somebody down when you could be using it to build somebody up. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you just bless every motherfucker in their life? Just raise up everybody around them. <laughs> you know? And leave them on the just down leave, Is that what you're saying? Just, just don't bother them at all. <laughs> leave them where they are. But, I mean, I have had experiences where people in my life were extremely frustrating. And the conversations didn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because that's step one. Have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If there's something you need to say, say it. Mm-hmm. Speak your truth. Listen to what they have to say. Have that conversation first. Mm-hmm. You know? See what other ways that you can facilitate um, a clear communication or resolution to your conflict. And a lot of times the other person just wants to know that you understand them. Mm-hmm. You you see what they're saying or you understand how they feel about a certain situation. There may not be any way to fix it. And they may be holding you to a truth that you don't want to look at in yourself. It could be that too. You know, and yeah. that's, you got to be open to that. You do. You know? Yep. Even if you don't see it, you got to be open to this is what they're seeing. Now, what on earth, why might they be seeing that? It could be their own projection. It could be. It could, but it could be your stuff. And you have to ask yourself that question. You still need to look at that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they do too. Yeah. Um, You know, but if if you're not willing to put in that kind of work, A, Mm -hmm. your magic probably, it might be really successful if you're real fired up about it, Um, but it might, it might. It might not. It might be diminished because you're not actually doing all the things that you need to do mm-hmm. to facilitate the best outcome. And it could um, also backfire if you're not careful. Gosh, and if you open yourself to the possibility that there are lessons on, for all parties to learn, and there are um, resolutions available that you may not even be open to, mm-hmm. you know, and you open yourself up with compassion to find a resolution, then then. You may be completely amazed at the outcome. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself with a friend who is invaluable 
in your yeah. life. And you, you know, you would have written that situation off. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself finding a deep strength and um, ability to lay down a boundary where you will not accept a certain kind of behavior from, uh, you know, a certain person in your life. And, you know, you find a strength you didn't realize you had because you made yourself clear mm-hmm. and they made themselves clear. And you were able to say, nope, we're done. And I did everything I could. Yeah. You know, rather than saying, oh, well, I cursed them out of my life, <laughs> you know. And um, and I've honestly found the best way to rid yourself of, of people that, you know, are not, you know, helping or not serving any mm-hmm. purpose in your life but causing problems is to bless them out of your life. And that can be difficult mm-hmm. depending on the person. But, you know, you set all of your magic and all of your love and all of your compassion and all of your feelings towards bringing that person so much happiness that they ain't got time to worry about you, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've done this and it works, you know, and you can look at them thriving and think, thank God they don't have time for me no more. (laughs) Um, you know, and then, you know, if you, you have this law of return, which we talked about a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if that's coming back to you, what's coming back to you? Right. It's all going to be love and compassion and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely willing to risk that. And it's so nice. They just go away mm-hmm. and uh, they're just not concerned with you anymore. Yeah. And it, and it often sort of diffuses whatever anger or resentment was, was the root. Most of the, most of the time conflict is um, a misunderstanding mm-hmm. at the root. There's yeah. some, there's a feeling that wasn't acknowledged. There's um, a communication that was misunderstood there's an intention behind a communication that was, you know, not not skillfully mm-hmm. said, you know, um, but it it always comes down to something. There's there's a moment, you know, where this conflict began, right? And it, and it's almost always a mis misconception, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so there's that. So apply your knowledge with wisdom, which is apply your power with wisdom, Mm -hmm. you know, and use only the force that's necessary. You know, that's, that's kind of big. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. People want to go over the top with it, but just like, you know, if I'm closing a door, I'm not going to use every single muscle in my body to make the door close. It might close, Mm -hmm. but it might also break the hinges because I'm very strong. <laughs> but I mean, to close a door, I don't need that much force. No. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm wasting my energy. Mm-hmm. And, and so think about it in that way like, how much energy is actually necessary before you jump into your magical workings? Good question. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I thought so. Do you want to do listener questions next, sure. or do you want to do the garden stuff? Let's do listener questions. Listener next. questions. Okay. So the first question is uh, I would love more a more in depth look at meditation. So, that's a that's a pretty broad question, mm-hmm. and I will say that we have an episode coming up in July that uh, is all about meditation. It's one of our 13 goals, so it's coming. It's Woo-hoo. coming soon. We're going to talk about that a lot. We also talk a fair bit about meditation in previous episodes, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not going to tell you which ones, so go listen to them all. <laughs> <laughs> that's mostly because I don't know which ones, and we talk about it a lot. We do. Um, so we're going to talk more in depth in the future. Mm-hmm. Keep listening. It's coming. Um, I have another one that's sort of related to that. And let me try to find... Um, <laughs> oh, it's this one. Hold on. 
It's a question about meditation. This one knows we've talked a lot about meditation on the show. Excellent. Um, uh, let's see. It says, I just started a meditation practice. Uh, I'm using a method that uses a home base to keep focus. And every time I try to do this, my mind wanders and I feel like I want to cry and I don't know why. Um, do you have any insight? Yes, I do. Okay. So the first thing I would say in this is that you're hitting on something. You're, you're hitting, you're touching something that is a trigger for you because you're having an emotional reaction. So dig into that and process that. You know, if you're feeling a fear of failure or you're feeling like you're not doing something right and that's making you have this feeling that you want to cry, look at that. Look at that deeply because that's, um, it's working. It's pointing you to, to something to heal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pointing you to something in yourself that needs to be heard. Right. You know, so what is that? So pick that apart. Is that, am I afraid I'm doing it wrong? What does that mean? What does it mean to me to be doing something wrong or to not understand or um, whatever sort of insecurity or or feeling that's um, provoking in you? Examine that. Mm -hmm. Journal about that. Dig into that. When you feel that in your meditation, say, what is that? Mm -hmm. Say, why am I feeling this way? Dig deeply into your feeling and um, find the root of it because that's showing you something that you can heal. So Mm -hmm. um, to me, that sounds like your meditation is working well. Um, So uh, on the subject of your mind wandering... Oh, that's perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. It that's happens to everyone. It's completely normal. So, here's a couple of things I can tell you to help you um, to help you adjust. First of all, if you're first starting out in meditation, um, depending on how you want to do it, it can be helpful to have that home base. But if you feel like that's not helpful for you, think more um, of flowing with it. Just flow with your thoughts and follow where they go. You know, sort of acknowledge those thoughts as they come through. And um, and you might spend a whole meditation just chasing those rabbit trails. Where do they go? Where do they eventually lead you? Do they continuously lead you to the same place? Are they taking you to um, a certain memory? Or do they lead you down a path of a certain type of feeling that keeps coming up in the same way? If so... That's something to explore. Why are you feeling this way? Why do you keep going back to that particular memory? Are, are you just making grocery lists in your head? Why? Why are we doing that? Is this an anxiety symptom? Because if so, then we need to process that in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so ask yourself all of these questions, um, but try to flow with it. Another, um, and, and, you know, and don't be hard on yourself if you're having thoughts. That's part of you know. That's part of your min- your mind's job is to have thoughts, and and you have a voice in there. Um, so you can say if they're if they're becoming repetitive or burdensome, you can just say thank you for this thought. I I recognize you and and let it go. Um, and that's not always as easy as it sounds. Sometimes they come right back around, and that's okay. But you'll start recognizing your patterns. And, you know, you'll start to look at the picture of, of the way your consciousness works for you. And you may see, my God, I made a thousand grocery lists. Why do I feel that it is my job to keep a constant 
tab of the food items in the house, you know, (laughs) um, what is there that needs to be processed? You know, what would happen if you didn't, what would happen if you just didn't, would everybody starve? Probably it would at my house. I know. Um, (laughs) but, but you know, just, those are not, um, things to be ashamed of. That's part of the process, you know, and you have to deal with those things first before you can start digging deeper. And um, another really, really great tip I can give you is to give your mental chatter a job. Take your, um, that voice that's ticking off lists or telling you, you know, all about your childhood as if you weren't there. Um, Take that voice and give it a job. Let it count you down into your meditative state or, you know, whatever, whatever process you're using. If you're using a guided meditation, let the inner voice inside your head repeat back whatever the guide is saying. If the guide is telling you to breathe in, say in your mind, breathe in. The guide says, breathe out, say in your mind, breathe out. Oh, and then do the thing. But, um, but just copy, copy like a little echo in your brain, um, of what, whatever the guided meditation is saying. If there is no guide, narrate what you're experiencing, um, to yourself. If you're seeing the back of your eyelids, say, I'm seeing the back of my eyelids with your inner (laughs) monologue, because, um, then you're taking something that right now feels like a chatter, you know, a Mm -hmm. burden, and you're giving it the task of being your meditation coach and it wants a job. It wants to speak. That's that's what it does. So use it to your advantage. And that may be a really helpful technique for you um, just to sort of help you still the monkey chatter. You know, mm-hmm. there's also quite a few breathing techniques that you can do that will help um, sort of stimulate different parts of your psyche and, um, and allow that part to relax. And we're going to talk more about that in our meditation episode. We're not going to dig into it too much on this episode because we've got that one coming up. So I know that's a few months away, but try to try these things and, um, I can, um, but there's all sorts of breathing techniques to help sort of silence that monkey chatter. Do, um, do a body relaxation, you know, move through every muscle group in your body, um, and say with your, you know, inner monologue, I'm relaxing my head, I'm relaxing my neck, you know, move down your body and just, just give it some work to do. I, it, it makes a huge difference. Trust me on that one. Um, so try that. But honestly, if you're having a, if you're having an emotional reaction rather than just, it's frustrating, I feel like I can't do it. Um, you know, if you're at the point of tears, I feel like there's, um, maybe some perfectionism, um, or insecurity or inferiority feelings going on. You feel like you're doing something wrong, you know, but you're not, you're not. I can, I can go ahead and tell you that you're not doing it wrong. Okay. Cause there is no wrong. Is it effective? Is it not effective? That, mm-hmm. that there's no moral value of whether it's right or wrong. If it's not effective in the way you want it to be, try something different. You know, that's all there is to it. It's, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about good enough. You know, so that's something else that, that needs processing. So sit with those feelings and those thoughts and try to pinpoint them. You know, is that coming from you or is that coming from outside of you? Is that something you heard, especially if you heard in your childhood that you weren't good enough or that you were a disappointment in some kind of way? That's all bullshit, you know? Mm -hmm. So let that stuff go if you can. Um, But try to find the roots of that because if it's coming from outside of you, has, it doesn't have a lot of place in your meditation practice right now, particularly if it's not helpful. Um, so that would be my advice on that specific question. Um, I hope that was helpful. Um, 
Okay, I have another question. So this is from uh, a baby witch and hospice social worker. Ooh, that's a really big job. Thank you for your work. Um, It says, I'm realizing witchcraft can be a way for advocacy, which I do in my daily work in hospice. Um, uh, Also internally processing how to meld my lifestyle as a professional social worker and a baby witch to better support the hard work I do and not leave me so physically and emotionally drained on my days off. Okay. So, and then she asks also, uh, I'm assuming it's a she, um, also that, um, are there any deities who, who I can build a relationship with to help support end of life? And is there a vein of witchcraft, um, in end of life care? Um, so this is, these are really, really excellent questions. Um, and yes, so, so yes, there's a lot you can do to bring that into your work. If you do any sort of work with the dead or, um, ancestral type work or work of guiding people through, which is exactly what you're doing if you're a hospice worker. You know, you you work with guiding the dead to the next um, their next plane of reality, and that is a huge huge job. And um, and there's a lot you can do. There's a lot of information out there about um, processing that and dealing with your energy when you're working with the dead because it can be physically, emotionally, spiritually very very draining, especially if you are using. Um, your own, like your own personal vitality to try and lend strength or if you're dealing with, and you're dealing with a lot of heavy emotions with, with families and with people that are passing and their fear and all of those things, those are really, really big emotions to deal with. So, um, boundaries are extremely important. Um, shielding is extremely important and it may sound callous, but it isn't. Um, you you need to protect your your own energy and your own space and that doesn't mean you're shutting them out it just means that you can you can hold them in compassion and support without letting their emotions flood into your energy systems you know um so so that is going to be really important and also your your own aftercare when you get home from work you know take a salt bath um Drink, you know, some tea with yarrow in it if you're not allergic. Um, do do things that you need to do f- to replenish yourself. Make your own self-care such a priority um, because you're giving so much in those sorts of um, of jobs and situations. And, uh, and, and in order to give, you have to have a full cup to give from. You know, so that means you must take care of yourself in other ways. Um, you must set aside time for yourself, for your self-care. Um, there are lots of deities that uh, that you can work with that deal with uh, crossing over the dead. So look for any kind of psychopomps. Um, they're, they're just, they're everywhere. Um, Hecate is a wonderful one that I work with. She can be um, very intense. You know, um, I would... I would say work with who comes to you, you know, in your, in your meditation and in your practice, put, uh, put out there that you, um, seek to work with a deity that's for your highest good. Um, you know, that can help you in your work with people that are crossing over and work with what shows up. That's, that's the advice from, uh, from my tradition is, you know, see who comes because there may be something that you don't know about out there. And there may be something that doesn't necessarily fit in any sort of major mythology or, or cultural pantheon that you know of that might be exactly what you need. So, uh, those would be the things that I would do. 
Um, there are lots of branches of witchcraft that deal with um, death and dying. Um, I can speak for what I know, and that is, well, there's lots of great books about, and, and it's usually about working with ancestors, but I think that uh, it carries a lot of the same threads of what you're working with people who are about to be, you know, they're about to cross over and be ancestors. So I think a lot of the same kind of considerations and honor goes into that. Um you know, and, and about preparing people for death and preparing people to have a really good death. Um, so if you didn't listen to our episode with Danielle Dion, um, it's episode number 10, go back and listen to that because she talks a lot about that and she gives some book references as well. One of them I know is The Good Death. And you you may know all of this stuff being a hospice worker, so I might not be telling you any new information. Um, but we, I know in the Temple of Witchcraft, we have an entire ministry dedicated to death and dying and grief. Um, and that's our Scorpio ministry. So if you have, if you want some information, you can definitely check, uh, the website for my tradition, which is the temple of witchcraft.org and look under, um, the Zodiac ministries for Scorpio, uh, because they deal with death and dying and have a lot of resources and support. Um, and you know, they're probably, you know, they may be looking for volunteers too. We're always looking for, for, for people that are interested in helping, but they may have a lot of things that can guide you. And, and there's just really a lot of, of good resources and information out there. I would look for things relating to ancestral work to begin with. Um, but yeah, but there's a lot out there and, 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 and do, do take care of yourself, grounding, eating well, staying hydrated. It sounds like ridiculous, silly, common sense stuff, but it's very important to keep your physical body, which is part of your spiritual body system, um, healthy and grounded and rooted here, you know, when you're dealing with, um, people that are on the edge of crossing and family who are deeply in their grief, um, you've got to ground, you've got to ground and reconnect to yourself you know? Um, so that's my advice there. And I hope that was helpful. Um, there we go. Now we're going to talk about plants and stuff, (laughs) garden stuff. Well, for those of y'all who've been listening to the witch's garden so far, I'm going to recap on a couple of things. And that is the first one is your garden BOS. Uh, you should have your wish list made and most of your garden plans already complete. Or if you're like me, you haven't even started your garden plan yet because you had so much other shit to do. I haven't um, started my garden plan yet. I know, but see, I'm looking out what's blooming now. I'm paying attention to that. I'm looking at things that I planted last year that are starting to come up and going, do I really want that there? Or do I want to move that over here before it gets too big? <laughs> um, things like that. So uh, what can you do now? Um, planting spring bulbs for next year, fruit trees, azaleas, camellias, and summer and fall bulbs. You can do all that right now. Um, bulbs don't have to wait until the last freeze because they're going underground anyway. Okay. Okay. So you can plant those pretty well, I'd say, in the south anytime in the winter. Um, you know, just not in a puddle <laughs> if you can help it. <laughs> Most of the puddles are drying up, so we're doing okay. All right. Um, clean up your yard. Uh, throw away any old garden art, or you can turn around and revamp it if you have time, repaint it, make it into something else. Um, you can move pots around. Um, you can go ahead and rake your leaves now. I think all of the the bugs and, and things that benefit from the leaves being on the ground in the winter, I think they're all pretty much waking up at this point and probably don't need it. 
Uh, you can probably also um, mow because I know we have some really funky weeds around here that like to just trail off and cover the whole yard. So uh, unless they're really pretty, <laughs> you can go ahead and mow those down and mulch them up and it'll help your grass. Okay. Um, any plants that you didn't like the placement of, like I was saying earlier, you're going, hmm, do I really want to leave that there? Um, I have a rose that I have planted two years ago, Lady Banks Rose. She's really big and weepy. looks like a big weeping willow. Mm -hmm. supposed to have all these really pretty little yellow flowers, and I'm seeing them bloom, and mine's not doing squat. So she's getting moved. Mm, and then I have a... She's getting the axe. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's not getting the axe. She's getting moved to another location. And then I have a Confederate rose that I absolutely love. Um, but she gets too big, and she takes up most of this particular bed. So... She's getting moved. That's going to be a job because the root ball on it is enormous. But right now is a good time to do that. But that's why you got married and, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing. <laughs> okay. Um, and just if you're setting your house plants outside, I don't know, my mom was doing this yesterday. You can take your house plants and put them outside. I think we're past the most free, the, the last freeze. But just in case, keep you some sheets around. If you set your house plants outside, if you cover them with a sheet, they should be fine. Because the biggest thing you need to be fearful of is if dew gets on the plant and then freezes, that's what kills it. It's not the actual temp. Yeah. It's, it's the water freezing the on the plant. Right. Okay. So just keep that in mind. You want to keep some sheets nearby and just pay really close attention to the temperature until after Easter at least. Awesome. So, so I want to say, one, I have a question about yeah. mowing. So I uh, keep bees and mm -hmm. I love them. Mm -hmm. And so for, I like to leave um, all these little little weeds and little spring flowers and all this little junk yeah. out as long as possible mm -hmm. um, until they're not blooming. Right. Um, because I want the bees to be able to forage. Mm -hmm. And because when they come out in the spring, they've been pretty much just locked up in their hive all the winter. Now, right. here it's a little bit different um, because it's so warm. Mm -hmm. They do forage a little bit in the winter, um, our bees, but generally it's a whole, they're going to start laying, they're going to start doing all sorts of um, of stuff, right. and they, they have a big burst of, uh, they have like a feeding frenzy mm -hmm. um, early in the spring. So I try to leave stuff out as long as possible, and my husband just like grimaces at me about <laughs> it, but whatever. Um I eventually let him cut, and he yeah. he don't hate it that bad because <laughs> he doesn't. Well, the have spring to flowers that are uh, that are the ones she's talking about now usually, isn't it usually around the end of April that those really kind of start dying off when the grass mm -hmm. starts coming up? So yeah. we don't have too much longer to wait. Yeah, if you wanted to leave that down, certainly you can. I mean, no one's saying you can't. Yeah. Um. Something to think about. Yeah, it is something to think about. I hadn't considered that. And there are a lot of really pretty little spring flowers that are just growing wild right now. You have yellow, white. I know you've got purple. There's some pink mm -hmm. out there. So they're pay attention to the teen, teen, teeny weeny little flowers that and are the out. fruit tree blooms. The bees will, mm -hmm. bees will be all over those. So they haven't really started blooming yet, have they? I haven't mm. seen... No, a lot of the fruit the... trees haven't. Your uh, Japanese magnolia trees are blooming right now. Yeah. Which generally means we have another frost coming because mm -hmm. usually in the south, once those start blooming, we have a freeze hit that kills, that kills them. them all. Mm -hmm. Kills the bloom, not the tree. Um, but they're really pretty right now. We may actually get lucky. <laughs> I'm hoping they'll get to stick around and actually get into full bloom because they're gorgeous. 
All your Bradford pear trees are growing, are blooming right now. And if you happen to be near one and you smell fish, it's the tree. It's the Bradford pear. Yeah. Um, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Until the other day. And I'm a big gardener, so duh. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then some of your fruit trees are blooming. I know crabapple trees are blooming right now. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. On the, Well, some there's there's some wild ones that are blooming as well. I want some azaleas this year. There's some pretty azaleas that are blooming right now. They're just really starting to get kicked up. I want one. I have this huge forsythia that just takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, Forsythias are gorgeous. It is, but it's only pretty for like two minutes. <laughs> and then it just like continues to spread out everywhere. But it's yeah. taken up an entire corner of my house. I have like four of them, but I want some azaleas. I like sweet olive bushes myself, and they're blooming sweet right olive. now. I am not familiar. Like I've heard the name, but I don't. I can't. I don't have an image in my mind. You of need what to come is. to my house. They're at evergreen. Mm-hmm. Um, they can get really tall if you let them get leggy. Mm-hmm. But if you keep them trimmed up, they're really nice. Um, and they have these uh, profusion of these teeny tiny little white blooms that are bloomed, and it smells super super sweet Ooh, when I they're like in it. full bloom. They're very nice. Um, at one of my past houses, I'd have one on one inch. Each on one end of my open porch where the oh, wind would nice. blow through. So when it would bloom, you got perfume all day. It was really nice. Oh, that's smart. And then there's another bush that's blooming right now. I have two. Mm-hmm. And the scientific name of it is Magnolia Fiscata. But a lot of people know them as the little uh, banana magnolia or the banana bush. They have these little teeny, they're not really teeny, they're about an inch long. Uh, yellow blooms that when they open up, they smell like bananas. Oh, wow. And they're amazing. Um, and they're never green as well. So you could plant those now as well. I'm going to come smell your garden. You need to come smell my yard right now. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic, except for the Bradford pears across the street that make it smell like a fish market. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not planting any of those. They're really pretty, but they're they pretty. stink. They're stinky. Okay. All right, let's move on to design and elements. Um, tonight we're going to talk about making a meditation space in your garden. I'm so excited. And we did not plan this. No, we did Well, I mean, we, we, well, planned, we planned it, but, it, but we didn't expect the, uh, we didn't know what listener, the listener questions. questions. Yeah. So that was kind of cool how that kind of segue right into that. All right, so um, moving your meditation space outside and... You know, nature puts you in a good mood. Meditation's good for your mind and body. It reduces your stress levels, causes a variety of factors. So if you combine it with nature, you're getting a twofer. <laughs> um, the effects are even more powerful, obviously. So creating outdoor meditation space is exercise in mindfulness itself. I like right. that quote. And it's self-cleaning. You know, it you is. don't have to do as much uh, cleansing. You really don't. Purifying. So here's a few tips to get you started, and I'm just going to kind of breeze through these real quick. I'm ready. All right. Look at your yard closely and see its potential. She's like, haven't I been doing that already? You have, uh, are you drawn to a certain tree or a certain area of your yard that's not being used? could be neglected. It could be perfect for meditation. All right. So you could keep it simple. Um, Stop worrying about putting too much in your garden and keep it simple. If you have a set of two trees, it's the perfect width apart to put your hammock. That's a perfect meditation spot. You can lay in that hammock, swing back and forth and watch the the trees and watch the clouds. And I mean, how much better meditation can you get than that? Those who know me know how I feel about hammocks. (laughs) 
Do we need to go into that? I'm a great lover of hammocks. Okay, well, I bring one good. every year to when I go to festivals. I, I have like a backpack hammock that I can just oh, hang cool. up anywhere. It's great. Okay, awesome. All right. Um, so you choose your tree mm-hmm. and you're going to add uh, wind chime. Ooh. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. You need a little spot to place uh, or burn incense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, bring out some, you know, a few crystals that you like and just kind of set them around the tree maybe and any other holistic objects that you might have. All right. So that's that part of it. Um, you, can, you can easily make like an altar space or offering you space You really could too. and we're going to get to that. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, you said You're jumping was... ahead. Shut up. I'm going to be quiet. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. It's okay to think big, too. You can make uh, yourself a big pergola outside um, or open a, an open-air patio or platform. Your four-post can represent north, south, east, and west. Um, the pergola is the best example that's found within most gardens, but it can easily be built. Uh, if you know somebody who knows how to work with wood, which I know a few. I know one. I know a few. He won't do it, though. He won't. No, because he's already married to me. Uh, I know. Okay. I should have held out. I should have held out for that pergola, man. <laughs> I, I fucked up. Now, listen, if you're planning on doing yoga in your garden as mm. part of your meditation practice, mm-hmm. you need to consider your option for a bigger space. Okay. Most, I'm just going to lay in the hammock. Right? <laughs> Now, if you really want to get creative, you can create your own walking labyrinth. Now, if you haven't heard of this, this is super, super easy. You can go on Pinterest. I have a folder. I will open it for you. Um, And when this comes out, and there's a really simple walking labyrinth that you can do with rope. You can also use a water hose to draw out your your labyrinth. If if you want to get, because they're easily easy to bend. Easy to bend. And and they can stay out in the weather and it's not going to be a big freaking deal. You can use that garden edging stuff. You can use the edging stuff. Yep. Candles. Yep. Yep. Paving stones. Okay, let's get I could do this all day. You could. But walking, simply walking that labyrinth from the outside to the center is a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So something you need to consider could be working for you. You also want to bring in the element of water, of course. You want a small fountain or a man-made pond. You need to enclose and surround your space with plants. Um, depending on where you live, plants can act as a sound barrier for you. Mm-hmm. It can al- they can also provide privacy. I recommend using evergreens for this because they never go away. Right, because um, they're green all the time. They're green all the time year-round. Mm. Some have flowers that the scent would help you with. Your meditation practice certain times of the year as well. You could layer your plants potentially. Yeah, you can. Mm. Just like you do in your garden. I mean, you're right? in your garden anyway. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, consider <laughs> uh, you want to bring in the butterflies and the bees, obviously. Um, or will they distract you or enhance your meditation is a question you need to ask yourself. Right. Okay. If you have too many birds flying around, it could be an issue. Just saying. Especially if they're leaving gifts for you. Right. All right. Choosing long-living perennials, hostas, bee balm, iris, catmint, or wisteria will save you a lot of money over time. Your local arboretum or even your local co-op will be able to help you find some inspiration for that as well because they know what grows locally. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So now the altar. Yes. 
Okay. So if you want to have an altar for your meditation space, you can use just about anything. Uh, flat stones that you find on hikes, old bricks, paving stones. Um, and you can just build your altar by hand. You can also purchase a little ceramic table or something that you can... Upside down bucket. Upside down bucket of work. <laughs> a little board on the top. I mean, you can really right. get as cheap or ex- expensive as you want with that. Um, you just need to know, you need to find out how it will feel having that in your meditation space. Yeah. And think about the material that you're right, using. It's going to, it's going to project energy while you're using it. So you need it to be, it needs to be a conducive good to what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Now, many traditions say that your altar should face east for the rising sun or north, 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 nope. north <laughs> for your true north. Uh, face your altar in any direction that feels right to you. There's really no right or wrong for this. That a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do your thing. I mean, unless you have a tradition that works in a specific way. That's true. Do, do, but still That's do you. True. That's That would make that your thing. Yep. I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> All right. With increasing demands in our lives, getting in touch with nature is a vital part of for the mind and body. And these ideas should help get you started in creating your own outdoor meditation space. Just remember, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Look at the potential of your yard. Why starve for more serenity when you can achieve it? Ooh, girl. I need that on, like, mm-hmm. something. I want to say thank you to wearewilderness.com on Pinterest for the information for that segment, for that part of the segment. Thanks, guys. Thank y'all. It's a really cool uh, website, too, if y'all want to go and check it out. What's it called? We are are wilderness.com. I'm going to check that out. A lot of neat activities for getting outdoor. They've even got a 30-day plan. Oh, shit, Get you outside more. It's really cool. I like a plan. You know how I feel about it. There's some, I think there's a couple of free PDF files, uh, books on there, too, that you can download and read. Oh, cool. Really nice. Yeah. I think I will. Okay. Plant showcase. Real quick. Jasmine. You see it (sighs) everywhere right now in the south, all the little yellow flowers in the trees. I'm in love with Jasmine. Yes, you can. Not Jasmine the person. I know a couple of different ones. (laughs) However, I do love them, but I'm talking specifically about the plant right now. Right. Now, most species of it are highly fragrant. Some of them aren't fragrant at all. Bleh on those. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. I love it. I have a whole wall of jasmine, and I just stand there and smell it. Well, you can smell it everywhere right now because it's in just about every tree you come across. Um, So if you want it and you see it growing somewhere in the woods, go get it. Girl, (laughs) just go get it. (laughs) I mean, don't trespass or nothing, but you can get it at the garden center's. It's a little pricey. Yeah. To me, if you can get it out of the woods you for can free, find why it. not? Yeah. yeah. The birds are planting it everywhere for you anyway. <laughs> All right. And on that point, it can be quite invasive, but you can prune it back in the spring before the new growth occurs in summer because, you know, after they're f- done blooming, you mm-hmm. can just whack them and they'll just grow right back. Oh, I know. I've got to get, mine starts getting these little, I think it's reached the edge of its containment, like it's mm-hmm. growing on a thing. Mm-hmm. And it just gets these long little tendrils. Yeah, and I just reaching. dig them back in. It's like yeah. a mess in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I cut mine down last last this past winter. Yeah, and I'm redoing that trellis. So how do you how do you um? Because I know they grow up from the base of the plant, and then they do these little tendrils. Mm-hmm. How would you um propagate them? Like, 
Can you do a cutting? You can do a cutting. Um, I'll have to find out a little bit more on okay. that. But you can pinch. You can just let me know that personally. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I think you can root it in water, but don't quote me on that. I won't. You know. Uh, Jasmine does prefer full sun, but it will also take park shade. Obviously, it's growing in trees. It's growing in my yard. Yep. <laughs> when it comes to the but. You know, it varies when it comes to drought or frost tolerance, depending on where you were at. Yeah. It's a very low-maintenance plant. You can see it growing everywhere. So, And the leaves are beautiful all year. They are. And there's several different varieties. I want to say the one, the yellow one that's blooming right now is uh, Carolina jasmine? Or is that the white one? No, the white one's the Confederate jasmine. That's what I have. Okay. That's where I got mixed mm-hmm. up. Yeah, the yellow one's uh, Carolina jasmine. And then there's a little white. Uh, jasmine flower that blooms. It's the Carolina, the Confederate, Confederate jasmine. Yeah. Only in the South. Okay. <laughs> All right. So crystals in the garden. Um, since we're talking about meditation space, I was doing some research and found that, you know, not everybody has a lot of space. Um, so not everybody can go outside either. You have That's people true. who have uh, debilitating illness. You have fibromyalgia patients, um, people who just are not mobile enough to be able to get outside so what you can do is you can start um, outside as well as inside and you start your own uh, crystal garden and you can put it in like a big uh, saucer Mm -hmm. a ceramic saucer or bowl something that you think is really pretty put you some sand and a little gravel and some dirt in there and plant you some succulents oh yeah succulents don't take a lot of light they don't take a lot of water either and they're relatively easy. They're pretty much, they live on prideful neglect, which is my kind of plant. <laughs> and uh, I've got that in spades. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can sink your, your crystals down into it as well. And, yeah. you know, have it in an area where they get sunlight. So it'll reflect the light in the room and bring the energy up. Um, and you can use that as a focal point in your meditation as well. So you can put it outside in your garden. Absolutely. Uh, just be careful what crystals you leave out in the sun because, like, amethyst will lose its color if you leave it out in the sun. I learned that the hard Some way. Some are water-soluble. You yeah. don't want to put cellulite no, in No, don't put cellulite out. Um, just be careful what you put outside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can look at uh, crystals that also have healing properties as well. And some can be toxic to different um, plants, especially they if they uh, dissolve in, in moisture. Mm-hmm. So be aware of that. Yes. And just keep your eyes out um, for, you know, the crystals that you really like. And I would like to thank Donna Grant, who is the author of February Stars, Living Created to Creatively with Chronic Illness uh, blog for this idea. She's got a lot of super great information. I also will put her in the meditation garden folder on Pinterest as well. I'm going to check that out because yep. I have a, a relative who's gotten herself housebound. It happens. And she was a huge, huge gardener. And, mm-hmm. and just having a little indoor garden yeah. would be nice would for be her. Great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that is it for the Witch's Garden this week. And I hope you all enjoyed this segment. I did. Awesome. I hope they did too. <laughs> um, this was a this was a great show. I, I kind of thought we were going to run out of things to talk about, and yet here we are, yeah. one hundred years later. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but I really appreciate our listeners. I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's who's listened and supported our show, and you know, taking the time to submit questions. You know, we really appreciate that. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. And, um, Gosh, thanks for listening to us yammer on. That's <laughs> still a, a miraculous, unbelievable thing to me. So yep. thank you. Thank y'all very, very much. for listening. And um, bless it be. Bye, y'all. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 769-230-0305. We're also on Facebook at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. You can find our Instagram account at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. Search for Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast on your favorite podcast provider for our latest episodes as soon as they drop.